0: Hey, Sarah Beth.
1: Hey, Carrie. What's the worst thing in the world? Running out of chocolate. Uh, okay, what's the second worst thing in the world? Oh, running out of sweet romance books. That's right. Welcome to the Sweet Romance Podcast. I'm Carrie Monet. And I'm Sarah Beth Schneider. We are here to bring you the best of clean and wholesome romance so you never run out of great books to read. Can't help you with the chocolate, though.
0: Welcome back to the Sweet Romance Podcast. We are so glad you're tuning in for this episode as we discuss It's a Date Again by Geneva Rose.
2: Listen in as we have a book club style discussion about this novel. We keep our book reviews positive. We'll only review books we enjoyed and think you should read too. And our discussion will focus on how characters developed, aspects of the story that really connected with us, and who we think should play the main characters in a movie version of the book.
0: If we give away a spoiler, don't worry, we'll warn you ahead of time. It's a Date Again follows Peyton, who wakes up with amnesia only to discover she has three boyfriends. Peyton knows she's in love with one of them, so her best friends Maya and Robbie help her as she sets off bachelorette-style to figure out who is truly the one.
2: Geneva Rose is a New York Times bestselling author of several novels, but this is her first rom-com, is my understanding. And it
0: is a treat. It, I really enjoyed it. I'm so excited we're going to talk about it today. I'm excited, too. I enjoyed this book thoroughly. I never would have guessed that it was her first one. Uh, well, her first romantic comedy. Um, We here on the Sweet Romance Podcast try to bring you the very best in sweet romance and closed-door romance. This one is more of a closed-door romance, although there actually isn't any sex in this book. There are a few allusions to sex, and there are a few uh, words, there are a few naughty words, but we found it to be very clean, very enjoyable. The main characters are just delightful and easy to connect with, so let's do this. Yeah.
2: So the first chapter of the book, it just dives right in. It gives us this picture of the main character. Her name's Peyton. She's wrestling with really understanding what she's feeling. And, you know, this first chapter, she's interacting with this homeless man named Hank. And she has, you can tell she just has this really soft and generous heart, but she's not quite true to herself. She's wrestling with knowing her own heart. So Carrie, what did you think about this? Did you find this relatable or, you know, how did, how did, was your first impression of her?
0: My first impression of Peyton was that she is the type of person who can look... I just loved it. She looks at a homeless guy on the street. She walks up to him. She gives him a few dollars. She says, it's all I have. And then she sticks around to have a conversation with him. And Hank turns out to be a font of great knowledge and information, not just information, but wisdom. And it just made me think, oh, this is a girl who sees the humanity in everybody, also, I loved how the book started off. We can see Chicago we can see that it's beautiful fall time. I felt like I was right there on the street with her yeah, for sure
2: I really in some ways related to the idea of you know feeling like you had to do things a certain way like you what you expect from your life versus what you're actually feeling like I think it's easy a lot of times to kind of walk around not necessarily in tune with yourself if that makes sense yeah. Um, in the sense of, oh, you know, she's she's kind of running from what she's really feeling. And so sometimes taking the time to process and think through, okay, what is actually going on? Like, am I doing just what I think I need to be doing or am I doing what is truly the right thing? Um, you right. can see her wrestling with that. And, and I related to that with her as a character. Um, and so then she wakes up with amnesia in the next chapter. She doesn't even know her own name. So I'm sure, Carrie, that you've read books where characters had amnesia before. I certainly have. Yeah. Um, but I thought this book did a pretty good job conveying what
0: it would be like. What did you yeah. think? Uh, one of my favorite parts of the amnesia plot line was that she she walks into a coffee shop and somebody gives her her usual, and it's exactly what she was about to order anyway. And <laughs> She. This happens multiple times throughout the story, reinforcing the idea that even if she can't remember who she is, she still is who she is. Yeah. I, I really
2: liked that there were things she just knew about herself without having to think about it. You know, because I feel like that would be, yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't know. I've never had amnesia, but I feel like it conveyed pretty accurately what it could be like. Yeah. You know, you may not know the basic details of your life, but you still have the same likes and dislikes or, you know, the things you are interested in. I loved in the first part when she's asking her best friend, Maya, about her job. And Maya's like, you're some kind of fancy scientist. (laughs) And she's like, I am? Really? That doesn't seem like something I would like, but what do I know? And then Maya's like, no, no, I'm totally kidding you. I thought that was so funny and
0: such a good just representation of what it might be like. Uh, that was awesome. She's kind of going through and quizzing herself on science. She's like, "Do I know any science?" She's like, yeah, the periodic table." The periodic table. And she starts calling those up. She's like, "Maybe I am a scientist." And then she <laughs> realizes, "No, your first instinct was right. You're terrible at science." So funny.
2: Um so and we we learn pretty quickly at the beginning she's been dating these three men and they show up at the hospital. And so They basically decide bachelor style. She's going to keep dating all three of them until she figures out who she's in love with. Um, So we have Tyler, the contractor, Sean, the consultant and Nash, the chef. So let's talk about how she handled the situation with each of those men.
0: Yeah. Before we dive into these three guys, I want to emphasize, I really liked how the, how the author establishes stakes and motivations she she has this conversation with her two best friends, Maya and what is it, Robbie? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. She has this conversation and Maya's like, You were just about to tell one of these guys you loved them right before you died, or right before you got struck by this vehicle. <laughs> she didn't die. Um and and spoiler, you, alert, right, spoiler alert. It's a non spoiler because it didn't happen, but she said you were you were on your way to tell this guy you loved him. And apparently, Hank, the the homeless guy kind of turned her around on that and 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 so she's like, "Do I you know should I be even dating anyone at this point while well, I'm just trying to get my life back on track and and she decides that yeah, I owe it to myself to discover which of these three people I love. I might always regret it if I don't. So that was I thought pretty, and it's reinforced throughout the book. I thought it was really well done because otherwise you're like it is kind of crazy to be dating three people at a time, even if you don't have amnesia. But right, yeah. So she did a great job at that. So our three guys, uh, what was your what was your impression of these guys, and how did you like the way they the way it kind of played out?
2: Yeah, they definitely brought their A game, you know, like the first day she's home, she's getting these gifts from them just appearing at her door. Um so they are very invested in her. Um but I liked that she didn't just make assumptions. Like she truly went into it kind of appreciating each person for who they were. Mm-hmm. And obviously as she navigated the relationships, you know, I think um, we kind of all maybe had our, our favorite character who we thought it should be. Um, but I, I love to see, you know, the same feelings that she had before her accident, before she had amnesia. Like she, like at the beginning, it says that she knew someone had been a liar. She finds that out pretty quickly. And you can see her kind of red flags coming up or, you know, questions just like, hey, I need to think about this a little bit more. Things that I think are really accurate to a true dating circumstance, right? Like yeah. maybe not always red flags, but something that's like, huh, I need to follow that a little bit more and just see if this is an issue or not. So I really liked how um she she navigated that in the book. Yeah.
0: It's a beige flag sometimes. It's right. like uh, I need to check this out, but I don't know if it's mm-hmm. even a really a concern. So which how did how did you feel about each of the each of these three guys and did you have a favorite? Well I loved Nash. Yeah. He was my favorite too. He was just so great.
2: Such a sweetheart. And like, what a dream to be with a chef. I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah. He takes her to the restaurant, cooks this amazing meal with her. And just, so Nash has not been in a lot of serious relationships and contrasting with another one of the guys who has been in a lot of serious Mm -hmm. relationships. You wonder which one you would choose. I actually thought that was interesting. Um, you know, we see this in
2: several books that I've read recently, especially where it's, it's like a red flag if someone hasn't been in a relationship before, which I always kind of find interesting because I married the first person I dated, so oh I was actually only ever in a relationship with my husband. So sometimes I, I guess I had extra empathy for him because, I'm, I mean, I met my husband when I was 23. We were still young, but... Um, so Beth, you are a red flag. Did you know? Uh,
1: I am a red flag. Who knew? You're a
2: walking red flag. <laughs> so whenever I read those, I'm like, wait, just give him a chance. Like, mm. there may not be an issue here. Maybe he's just holding out for the right person, which I think we saw with him, especially. Yeah. It seemed like his motivations truly were genuine and I really, how he handled the whole situation, um, I, I really respected. So I, I I bonded with Nash over the
0: fact that neither of us had much dating experience. So what did you think about the two best friends? She's got two best friends. One of them is completely into this bachelor experience. She's like, I will set up the dates. I will talk to you about all of them. We will do research. And the other one, Robbie, he's like, uh, this is a bad idea. You're still recovering. You need to give this time. And then Robbie changes his mind, and he's completely into it as well. What did you think yeah. about that? Yeah.
2: Well, I... I just thought Maya was so funny. I mean, obviously, she is a comedian, so she is mm. very funny. There were times that I was like, okay, you're being funny in circumstances that maybe you should tone it back. Mm. Um, like in the hospital, teasing her about what her actual career is. Yeah,
0: um, right, right, out I, <laughs> right out
2: of the gate. Right out of the gate. It's the second thing she says to no her. No mercy. Yeah. Um, whereas you can tell Robbie has a feel towards her. I mean, he's so protective of her from the start. Yeah. And, um, I, I really liked that and it almost felt like he was being defensive and changing his mind. Like, Oh, well, if y'all are going, ho, fine. I'm going to show you that I just want what's best for you. And if you, this is what you think is best, then this mm-hmm. is what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it definitely provided an interesting, um, it, it, I think it said a lot about their relationship. You could tell that Peyton and Robbie were very close. Not He's not just like a token male friend. He was truly yeah. one of her
0: closest friends. Yeah, yeah totally agree. Um, favorite comedic scenes? I know my favorite one was when Robbie Got Drunk. Like, fall <laughs> down, embarrassingly drunk. Uh <laughs> I just, it was great. He was trying to be the big, strong man in the room. And just, she's like, don't do this. <laughs> you know, she's like, she knows him well. She's like, why? And just toward the end of the scene, her getting him to his house and just mm-hmm. love that scene. I laughed so hard. Yeah, I have to agree. That was really
2: funny. And it just felt here he is trying to be this macho, tough guy, which not that he wasn't a tough guy, but, you know, he did. yeah he seemed to value other things and was right. like, no, I'm going to prove myself. That yeah. definitely was, it was really funny. Um, one thing I definitely wanted to talk about was how Peyton grew and changed as a character throughout mm-hmm. the story. Um, I felt like she as a character was such a, a mix of strength and vulnerability and wit. Like there was just something so, I think in her history played a lot into this, but, um, we learn in the story that, she has kind of a tragic past, um, and as a teenager lost her parents, spoiler alert, too late for that. <laughs> but, um, I think it's so interesting to see her still approaching these relationships with such willingness to figure out who is the, like, she wants love and she's mm-hmm. willing to pursue that even knowing how hard life can be and how it doesn't always play out how you imagine.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, And, you know, I think a lot of times in books, we see people get nervous because of their experience, but I loved how she, um, pursued it despite that. And just really willing to grow from hiding from her, knowing her own heart to fully embracing it and trying to figure out who is it that I love? Like love is worth, um, navigating whatever difficulty may come. And I think to your point earlier, her, her, her conversation with Hank helped that. He kind of gave her some of that perspective from his own experience mm. um, losing his wife. So I really felt like the vulnerability she had, in addition to all the sarcasm and wit of the novel itself, um, just made it relatable. And, and I don't want to say the word sweet in like a degrading way or negative way,
1: but it just truly was added a level of sweetness to the story that yeah. I really appreciated.
0: Yeah, I think one of the themes we see often in love stories is that love requires a lot of courage. Mm. And I I think that's just one thing that our genre just excels at. It teaches us that lesson over and over for her. As you said, Hank gave her that kind of turnaround in her life. She was about to run away from love again, and he turned her around and, and gave her some wisdom on that. And even though she didn't remember that wisdom, something changed in her To Mm -hmm. a deep effect that she wasn't able to remember that conversation, but she was willing and able to be brave and to show Mm -hmm. up for a relationship she knew. And I think we all know when we're in relationships, when you decide to love someone, when you let someone love you, you're setting yourself up for pain (laughs) and that's Mm -hmm. okay. That is part of the, that's part of the package. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Yeah. I think a lot of times we assume if something's hard, that means it's not good. When the reality is that is the best, not, obviously there's caveats there, but relationships are worth navigating through those beige flags or whatever those things are that you have to really wrestle with of, okay, yes, this person has this kind of flaw or whatever. Is that a deal breaker for me or not? Or even, you know, once you were committed to that person, okay, now we're having this struggle. Well, let's push through that. And it deepens your relationship, right? When it's the right person and it's the right relationship, it's worth fighting through those hard things. And so I love that element of this story that kind of showed, you know, don't, don't let difficulty hinder you from seeing what is truly love. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, I was going to say, can we have spoiler time now?
0: (laughs) Yes. Let's do spoiler time. So everyone, if you do not like spoilers and you are wisely choosing to put this on your TBR time for you to turn this podcast off (laughs) Three, two one.
2: Hooray. So what, like, obviously it would be, it was scary for Peyton to admit that she was in love with Robbie, her best friend.
0: Of course. I wonder how, how early in the story did you call this?
2: Well, I don't want to be one of those people who's like, I called it from the start. But, I mean, they he had so much screen time, so to
0: speak. Yes. So, you know, yeah. you kind of, you, you had to know there was something important about this character. Definitely. I was rooting for him pretty much from the outset. And that there were a few key moments when it was like, oh, he is for sure your guy. But he mm-hmm. had some stiff competition. He had these other guys True. getting a lot of screen time so that you're just like, You're just a little unsure until, Mm -hmm. you know, until you're not. Well, there was a moment
2: that I thought maybe she's going to say, oh, I know Rob, you know, Robbie is the one who told me he loved me, but Mm -hmm. I don't feel that way. I am going to choose one of these guys. You know, there was one point where I thought I'm not entirely sure how this is going to end. Yeah. Um, So I thought it was navigated really well. It was, it was still really enjoyable. And I think the, even seeing Robbie's fear at moving to that next level of their relationship. Right. Like he had obviously been willing to do that the night of her accident. And yet when she wakes up, it's almost like he's relieved. She doesn't remember in some way.
0: right? Because he had just, she had just told him, no, I'm sorry. I don't Mm -hmm. love you that way. Probably one of the worst nights of his life. So he's, Mm -hmm. he's ready to move on, ready to let her follow because he doesn't know that she actually Mm -hmm. does love him. Um, Okay, I have to share one more thing about Robbie. I I think it's okay to share this. If not, we'll edit it out later. <laughs> he gives her a birthday gift toward the end. The whole story is kind of counting down to her, uh, I don't know, 23rd birthday or something like that. Yeah, it's like, was it her 30th? Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe that's, that's kind of a more round like number. Yeah. <laughs> so they're counting down to this deadline, and... Um, he notices that she turns over every coin that she finds on the street or on a sidewalk. So it's face up, so the next person who comes along can have good luck. And close to the end of the story, he he gives her a gift that shows that he's been paying attention, clear back from mm-hmm. when they were in college, and he has been very invested in her for a very long time. I just melted. It was Mm -hmm. one of my favorite. I can't think of another gift giving scene in any book that impacted me the way that one was. I want to be a gift giver like that. Yeah.
2: I I thought that was so great too. I also loved how he would finish her food, right? She always left the two bites of the food and he would finish it. And um, also, again, this is kind of maybe given too much away, but Debbie kind of, talks with her Peyton about this. And she's like, I think you leave those bites for your parents subconsciously. And Robbie's mm. there to say, no, you have your family, right? Like yes. you have found this family and I am here as part of that. And I just thought that and the bracelet, it was just so tender and showed how he truly knew her and loved her. Um, and, and I thought that was really unique to the story
0: what, Sarah, did you, what came to your mind? Any other movies or books that kind of came to your mind in the same uh, tone or in the same tropes? She kind of has a joke throughout the book. She's like, how many rom-com tropes is my life going to start resembling? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm For some reason, I can't think of anything specific.
2: Like, I'm remembering pieces of stories, but I can't remember what they were actually Mm. from. I feel like there was – I've read a book before where a character would turn over a penny, so it was face-up. But I can't remember what book it was. Um, But it did have such a good just kind of rom-com feel
0: to it that – and yet still felt unique. Uh, One of my college professors said that good good writers borrow from other writers – no, he said. Good writers borrow from great writers. Great writers out and out steal from masters. And so, like he gave he gave me permission to do any of that that I want in my own writing. My when I was thinking about it, I thought of Fifty First Dates with Drew Barrymore, just because it's kind of an amnesia and love situation. Um, and I think she references that mm-hmm. that movie in the book, which is always fun. Yes. I do love that. So if they were to make this into a movie, I have a few ideas for casting. Tell us. Tell okay. us your ideas. I, when I'm reading a book or writing a book, I always have kind of a face floating around in my mind to help me keep track of people. And I want to put in a plug for this writer. She had three suitors going on. And I was always crystal clear on who we were talking about because she was so good at giving kind of a... I don't know, kind of a label to each one of them and helping us remember, okay, this is this is the guy. So she gave mm-hmm. us two right out of the gate. She said one of them looks like D- young Denzel Washington and another one looks like Chris Hemsworth. And I don't think she cast Sean, and I really didn't have a great face for him, but I definitely think Alexandra Shipp for the part of Maya. I don't know if you know her. She's, let's see. She's in Tick Tick Boom. She's the girlfriend in Tick Tick Boom, and then she was recently also in the Barbie movie. So she's okay. she's amazing. She's that's the girl I cast for that. And then I also cast Ryan Reynolds for Robbie, which I know he's not everyone's favorite actor, but he kind of has this boy next door vibe that I think would totally work. And then. My neighbor, Carla, is going to have to take up acting because that's who I cast for <laughs> Debbie, the, the like kind of the mother figure living downstairs. And for Peyton, I cast Sandra Bullock because it's a Chicago rom-com while you were sleeping.
2: Yeah, makes sense to me. I like it. I like Thank it. Thank you. My only, I mean... I do like Ryan Reynolds, but I feel like he's a little too, you know, snarky for Robbie.
0: Yeah, maybe you've seen him in other movies than I've seen him in. So, I think I've only yeah. ever seen him in that kid movie that he did. So, so yeah, who yeah. would you put for Robbie? Oh,
1: it's hard to say. I
2: hate to tell you this. I, like, I don't keep track of actors. I'm so bad at knowing their names.
0: I just um, feel so upset and disappointed right now sarah beth i know james marsden remember him in 27 dresses yes yes the hair yes yes Yes. Yes. that's
2: robbie adorable for me honestly
0: (laughs) i like that better i think i can do this for you i think (laughs) when we send in our adaptation script to hollywood i think we can work on this together i think that'll be fine perfect perfect some, so guys, some of your podcasts that talk about books are going to rate the book for you. Uh, we are only going to do the books we love, so you can count on us to bring you five-star books every single time. This is a five-star romantic comedy, and just as a reminder, come back. We're going to have interviews with other authors. We're going to have more book discussions, and we'll also have free audiobooks coming out for you this season, so come on back. We'll be here. Yes. And don't worry. I clearly
2: loved my literature classes in high school and college. So this is, these are going to be some of my favorite episodes when we're doing uh, book club discussions. I love, love diving into that. So
0: thanks for joining us today and uh, we'll catch you next time. We had so much fun reading and talking about It's a Date Again. If you haven't read it, go pick up a copy and see for yourself.
1: Let us know on
2: Instagram what you thought about this book and tune in next time for our interview with the one and only Becky
0: Monson. Thanks for joining us on the Sweet Romance Podcast. Here's a shameless plug for my own sweet romance at carriemonet.com. Right now you can get the audio edition of the do's and don'ts of dating a doppelganger for just $5.
1: Yes, go read it. I might be biased because I edited it, but it's practically perfect. Get your own sweet romance polished to perfection by contacting Sarah Beth at svediting.com. And come find us on Instagram for bonus content and more book recommendations. Now you can get back to reading, and so can we.